0: Hello, welcome to Two Broke Nerds, two friends talking about whatever they want because what else are we going to do during a pandemic? I'm Alec Kerr, and I'm a film geek. And I'm Brian McElhinney, and I'm a music geek. And we are going to get real nerdy this week because we're going to get into the DC Extended Cinematic Universe, whatever they call it, the good, the bad, and the Justice League. Yes.
1: I'm excited because I need... Uh, I, I've had a long couple of weeks here, as I was just saying, and uh, I need I need to vent about something, anything, and I can't think of a better thing to vent about than
0: the worst superhero movie of all time, Justice League. <laughs> um, and you know what? There are probably technically worse films, but it's a complete waste of potential, and especially when you compare it to the Avengers. Like, there's so much. Potential and goodwill with these characters, and they squander all of it. Right. There's no way. I, like, we are
1: truly in the stranger's timeline where a Justice League movie comes out and only makes six hundred million worldwide. Like, these are fail-proof characters. It's a fail-proof property. Like, this should have been like a billion dollars easily. Yeah. And like, everyone dropped the ball. I, I, I know people are gonna like. Disagree about the worst superhero movie of all time, but but let's let's think about this here. The only other superhero movie I could put in there to rival that crown would be Batman and Robin, yep, which yep. Um, years ago, if you remember, when uh, when Dark Knight Rises was coming out, we decided to do a rewatch of Batman and Robin uh, because that movie also features a version of Bane, who is the main villain in Dark Knight Rises. And I remember it's a two-hour movie, and we got through about an hour of it before it was just like, no, we can't do this anymore. We can't watch this anymore. It, it is that bad, but the reason I put it ahead of Justice League is that it has a personality. Yeah. It's a woefully mishandled personality. Like, they were, they were going for the camp of Adam West and missed it, missed it hard. But at least it is it, it trying to do that. It's clear it's trying to do that. It has a personality. It, it has a vision of some kind. Justice League has none of that. It has no right. personality, no vision, barely a story. Um, it, it's a total fumble of the ball by basically everyone involved in that film. About the only person who comes away from that fine is Gal uh, Gadot and Wonder Woman. And that's because her movie that came out a few months before Justice League was so damn good. It's the only reason.
0: Uh, And, you know, a lot of the other films that show up on like the worst superhero lists, uh, you know, things like Supergirl or uh, Electra or uh, Batman and Robin, they have a camp value to them or even Catwoman. Like these are terrible films, but you can watch them on like a camp level and get some enjoyment because they're so bad, they're good sort of thing. You can't say that about Justice League. You can't watch it and enjoy it in an ironic way. No, you can't. I mean, maybe maybe someone can, but I can't. Um, you can't. It's, it's, it's that stupid,
1: and it's that just... There's nothing there. It's, it's a, it's a two-hour nothing burger. After all that build-up from Man of Steel and Batman v Superman, whatever you think about those films... They have a clear vision, a clear direction, and Justice League just goes, whatever.
0: And the thing is, there are like isolated moments that I can point to and say, okay, that's kind of a cute moment, um, but that's the problem. They're just isolated moments that are very clearly just done like in the reshoots and insert it, and they don't really fit with the rest of the story at all. No.
1: One of my least favorite moments in the film is um, right after they resurrect Superman. There's a little scene in there where you see, I don't know, Stephen Blob or whoever.
0: <laughs> Stephen Blob. Yeah. Like,
1: grab, he grabs the last mother box. Very clearly on screen, like, oh shit, he's got the last mother box now. Whatever he was planning is going to happen. The world is ending. Blah, blah, blah. What's the next scene? The fucking Justice League. In Bruce Wayne's whatever mansion, talking about whatever, just just having a just having a you know superhero get together moment, and you can kind of see what they're trying to do. They're trying to recreate some of those moments that were great in uh, Avengers and Age of Ultron, where it was just the superheroes hanging out talking, especially Age of Ultron, where you have like the hammer scene where they're all just kind of hanging out, superheroes in their element just kind of hanging out, talking to each other. And I
0: think that's what they were going for for this scene, but why is it in this place in the movie? Why? Right. And that actually has one of the cute moments I was mentioning, where you have Aquaman and the lasso of truth is around his ankle, and he starts being really confessional, and you don't understand why he's being confessional until they pull out and you see that the, the lasso's around his foot. And that would be fine, If it was placed in a different part of the film, which is which is why it's so bad. Like there are all these isolated moments that are just you could shuffle them and it wouldn't make any difference. I think
1: that Aquaman scene, I I don't agree about that Aquaman scene. I think it's it's sexist. It's borderline sexist and um, it, it, it speaks to, you know, what they did to to Wonder Woman's character in that film, what they did to the Amazons in that film, or the Themyscira or whatever, um, you know, making the costumes more skimpy. I mean, they basically took flat out the best film of the DCU, Wonder Woman, and negated so much of that because instead of going from a woman's perspective, now we're going from a very man- perspective so I mean how many shots are of Wonder Woman like you know looking up her skirt or looking up at her boobs or you know it, it's heavily sexualized um, the, the the Aquaman thing
0: is cute but it's it's more problematic to me yeah and you're right like the the first introduction to Wonder Woman in In Justice League it's a fine action scene you know it's uh, her stopping the bank robbers. Um, but I think the first shot you see of her is up her, up her skirt, and it's like, really? We just had a whole movie undoing oh. this male gaze bullshit, and here it is back again. Yeah. A whole movie that I, I can't
1: stress enough, Wonder Woman is a beautiful film. It, it's wonderful. It's I have in my head three superhero films that I think are the top three superhero films of all time, and Wonder Woman is easily in there um the other one the other one is also a dc film the dark knight and then the other one is a marvel film that has nothing to do with the mcu uh logan so nobody can confuse me can accuse me of being a a severe mcu fanboy even though i am
0: (laughs) my top three superhero films none of them are mcu I don't know if I would put Wonder Woman quite that high, because I have a real hard time with the third act of that movie. Um, But everything else before it is so good. It's the only superhero movie that makes me cry in multiple
1: places. Um, And and, and The third act stuff, I can forgive because it maintains the overall tone and message of the film. Yeah. Um, it does feel very tacked on. The the I
0: love, um, what's his face? What's his name? David Foulis? Yes. Yeah, I love yes. I, I, I think he's more interesting before he gets all that shit thrown on him at the end. Right.
1: I think he was brilliant casting his Ares up until the end when it was like, oh shit, we need the big sky beam battle. And yeah. it's like, that's not the kind of villain you were building to. I no. think you could have if you keep that the fight with who Wonder Woman thinks is Ares, and maybe expand that, and then have the very end be like, "Hey, guess what? I'm Ares. I'm trying to destroy mankind. See ya." Yeah. <laughs> you know, because he that was would a make more sense. and it that makes was... more sense with the themes and what's coming historically because we know what comes after World War One. We know this is not the end of war. Like. It would just it would make entirely more sense, but they just know we gotta have a huge battle with the the final villain. Yeah. so I, I agree that it's a weak ending, but in the context of the entire movie, like it, it holds up and it doesn't bother me.
0: Yeah. Uh, so you mentioned, you know, we went and saw Dark Knight Rises. and uh, we and we've talked about in previous episodes that we are both Batman guys. like so, and we drove, each of us drove, three hours to see Dark Knight Rises on a, on a legit, real IMAX screen. Not one of those baby ones, like a real one. So we should so be in the bag for this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. We
1: should. But, but we're not. And it's just, I, like, I, I mean, that, like what I was saying that no one in that film with the exception of Gal Gadot comes out of it looking good. Like, Ben Affleck goes from being one of the best parts of Batman v Superman, one of the only parts worth watching, to, like, just awful. Like, his version of Bruce Wayne Batman in Justice League is is probably the worst live-action that I've seen. He goes from being one of the better live-action Batmans to one of the worst in the span of one
0: movie. And it's because of just character inconsistencies. Like... He goes from being so against Superman to, like, being a Superman fanboy, and we have no real sense of where that's coming from. Like, yes, we saw them sort of patch things up over the whole Martha thing, um, but it, it doesn't make any sense. Like, he, he seems like an entirely different character. It's the first film with
1: Batman in it where where Batman is truly an idiot.
0: Yeah
1: like this guy is a moron and it like in in most versions of the justice league he is leader or co-leader with superman and in this film it's very obvious why wonder woman is the leader because batman's an idiot yeah he's just dumb like the things he says in that film are dumb like he goes on again when he's talking about you know bringing superman back to life and all of a sudden he's just like gung-ho about we need to bring superman back to life and he basically echoes a line from batman v superman he was like there's even a whatever percent chance of whatever it's like shut up bruce just shut up you're an idiot you're a moron you're you're literally there's no reason for anyone to believe that you are the greatest
0: detective in the world right now because you are a fucking moron And that, I, I'm, that's supposed to be like this really clever writing. Like, oh, wait, when he did that 1% line in Batman versus Superman, it was against Superman, but now it's for Superman. Isn't that so clever? No, it's not. It's There's not. There's so many instances of writing writing
1: in, I'm going to call it a main trilogy of these films, which is Man of Steel, Batman v. Superman, and then mm-hmm. Justice League, where you, you'd think the writing is clever, but it, it's terrible. Or, or they must think the writing is clever, but it's terrible. And I'm, I'm going to go to the Martha scene, which doesn't bother me as much as it bothers some people because I get what they're trying to do. Yeah, I like but the Martha. It's scene so fine. Poorly, it's so poorly written. It is so poorly written. I get what they're trying to do, but it just it doesn't. I I know why people criticize it because it it doesn't work with the way it's written on on uh, in the script and on screen.
0: Yeah, I mean, I get it. It's you know. His connection, realizing that Superman has humanity, why it, he didn't realize that until this moment. But whatever, in theory, it should work. But you're right, execution is is weird. Yeah, and th- these films are, are, are filled with it. Like
1: I haven't seen the extended version of Batman v Superman, and I've, I've read that it uh, it corrects a lot. But I mean that's that's even that's even worse because the theatrical released version of a film should be able to stand by itself. It, you shouldn't need to do homework, um, like watching director's cuts and, and shit like that. So, I mean, it, it, maybe it smooths out all the jarring cuts in Batman v Superman. I've, I've actually, uh, my opinion on that film has evolved. It's, it's weird because that film came out the same year as uh, Civil War, and and neither, neither of those films are anywhere near... My top anything with superhero films. I, I, I own Civil War because it's an important part of the MCU story, and that's about it. Like, it's an overstuffed movie, same as Batman v Superman. I think both those films have a lot of the same problems. Civil War comes out slightly ahead because it's funny, I guess, and because it has Spider Man and Black Panther. But it's funny that they both came out in the same year, and they're both essentially the same movie.
0: Right now, yeah
1: fight where it's about someone's mom
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs>
1: Just yeah
0: like... uh, but civil war definitely does it better like you're talking about like the the reveal the uh, uh the martha reveal not working the reveal when you get to it with why iron man is going to fight steve rogers uh it does have an emotional weight to it it does connect and yeah, and as an emotional weight because we've following Iron Man for the last five, six movies. Right.
1: It's had that many movies to develop, so we know. We know that whole story. The only reason you'd know anything about this Batman who is appearing in his first film uh, is because you have a history with the character and with the comics, which, let's face it, a lot of people do. But that's not an excuse. That's not fair.
0: Right. Uh, so... You mentioned director's cut, so part of the reason we're even doing this episode is because of the Snyder cut, and a lot of people seem to be really excited about it and seem to think that it's going to fix Justice League. But based upon what we've seen Zack Snyder do with his previous two films, I don't know if it's really going to be any better. No, I I can pretty much guarantee it's not going to be any better. I, I just I don't. I'll probably at
1: some point see it. I'm not big on streaming services, but maybe I'll bootleg it or
0: something just because I am that big of a Batman fan that I do kind of want to see it. I'm curious. I'm definitely curious. But, you know, Zack Snyder is saying all these things like where he's been given complete creative control. There's not going to be any studio interference. And there's been rumors that it could be four hours long. They might do it as a miniseries. And I'm thinking, holy shit, that does not appeal to me at all. It's going to look like shit. I mean, if the, if the studio is not interfering, that
1: means they don't care. They're going to throw him, you know, I, I've read numbers where it's like between 10 and 30 million or something to finish that. Yeah. And, and it doesn't sound like he can finish it with that. It, it sounds like it's going to be a real cheap DVD production, um, which is fine, which I mean, I think that's what I think that's what this deserves. <laughs> I mean, for yeah. fuck's sake, the movie's been out for three fucking years, guys. Who cares anymore? Who and,
0: cares? And I feel like they should just leave it be because at this point, the DCEU has actually sort of figured themselves out. They have found their own identity. They're making standalone films for the most part. And it set them apart from the MCU because it isn't all about interconnectivity. And the Joker was really good. Birds of Prey was really good. Everything I've heard about the Rob Pattinson, Matt Reeves, Batman sounds really interesting. So go with that direction and just leave the past in the past. Yeah, I think I I think it's not so much DC finding
1: its identity as just throwing their hands up and going, okay, let's just make movies. Which is what they should be doing, what they should have been doing from the beginning. Which I kind of think that's what they started doing. But actually what they started doing was trying to recreate
0: the the Dark Knight series of films with Superman, which inherently doesn't work. Right. Nolan was even a producer on Man of Steel. I think his brother was one of the co-writers of the script. And a dark Superman doesn't really work. Superman is based in hope. That's the whole point of Superman. So a dark, brooding Superman doesn't work. Right. Like, the whole, like, DC, since the release of Dark Knight Rises...
1: At least the, the live action film division has just been, you know like basically like that donkey chasing the carrot on the, the, the string. That, that's the whole thing. It's just like let's be let's be grim dark so we can get the dark Knight success. Oh, Avengers succeeded. Let's do Justice League and let's just do it now with this with this film, Man of Steel does not work as a jumping off point for a larger DC universe. It's clearly focused on Superman and it's clearly focused on that story um i'm not a huge fan of that movie but i like it more than batman v superman i like it way more than justice league because it does tell its own story and there's decisions i don't agree with in that film but it does have its own personality it is trying to tell its own story and honestly fans of that movie were cheated out of worthwhile sequels to that film because the studio wanted to squeeze batman in there
0: yeah and To be fair, I I do think there was a germ of a good idea in Batman v Superman, kind of backdooring Batman in there by showing like the opening sequence of Batman v Superman with Batman being on the ground level of the the Zod and Superman and seeing that level. And that's the root of like his disdain for Superman. That is a good idea. But then Mm -hmm. the film botches it. The film doesn't do enough legwork. I mean, he's clearly trying to go off, you know, the Dark Knight
1: Returns uh, comic, but he's not including, you know, the the homework that you need to get there. You need to have something that shows that, okay, this is a Batman that has really gone off the rails. Like, he's killing people, he's branding people, he's going nuts because of this. And the, the film just doesn't show it. It doesn't show it at all. You're basically left with,
0: okay, this version of Batman is a dick. Right. And there's no explanation for it. And, you know, Z- Zack Snyder has come out as saying that Joker definitely killed Robin. Okay, show us that. You know, show us a flashback of that. Give us some motivation for why Batman went to this dark, dark place. Because that would certainly be it. We get a little hint of it. We see a suit with, you know, Joker spray-painted on it or something. But that's not mm-hmm. enough. Like, instead of giving us all these bizarre... Uh, Dream sequences and these teases of the Justice League actually give us some stuff that fleshes the characters out.
1: It's it, 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 it's such an egregious fumbling of one of the best Batman stories, uh, the, the 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 death of Jason Todd and the Red Hood, and uh, which is covered brilliantly in the animated film Under the Red Hood. Yeah, like I, I just take that and make a live action movie of it, for fuck's sake! Like that would have been perfect. That was, that was honestly one of the more exciting things to come out of Batman v Superman because I thought they were going to actually make that movie. I don't yeah. think they're going to But, no. like, uh,
0: yeah. Yeah. Um, and the other news that, that pushed us to wanting to kind of talk about the DCEU um, is that there's rumor that Michael Keaton might come back as an older Bruce Wayne slash Batman. And he would be in the Flashpoint movie as like a mentor figure, which kind of seems like they're trying to do a sort of Batman Beyond movie without doing a Batman Beyond movie.
1: Yes. So I will say about this, if if this ends up happening, all of a sudden a Flash movie that I didn't give a shit about at all becomes my most anticipated superhero movie ever. Because I love Michael Keaton and I love his Batman. That being said, I don't think this is going to happen. Um, it's it again. It sounds like DC Warner Brothers just chasing the carrot again. It sounds yeah. like what's going to make money? What what are people talking about online? Oh yeah, let's let's do this. It doesn't sound like anyone's done any of the legwork. I think Michael Keaton would be down. Maybe I don't know. I don't, don't see this. Uh, I don't see anything pointing to this actually happening. And more this is just like some studio execs wet dream here.
0: Yeah, I I think the idea of Michael Keaton coming back in some sort of capacity is a really good idea. I don't know if I I know the whole Flashpoint storyline is about alternate timelines and everything. So it's a it's a it's a logical way of bringing Michael Keaton back into the fold and even him having him be the same Batman because he's from a different timeline. But. I think it would just be way more interesting if they just do a Dark Knight Returns with Michael Keaton, or they do Batman Beyond. Right? Yeah, I'd be I'd be first in line for a Batman Beyond film with uh,
1: with Keaton in it. I don't know if Keaton's Batman would really fit the story of Dark Knight Returns. I mean, he's so gothic to begin with that it just it doesn't really fit that universe. And plus, we've we've seen so much Dark Knight Returns shit at this point that it's just. Give it a rest. Give fucking Frank Miller a rest. No one cares. Yeah. Like, do we really and need so? So they announced Batman to be Superman. This is what I thought they should have done, and I think we had this conversation too. Uh, and it's a shame no one listens to us. You've already got a Dark Superman. Go full the other direction with Batman. Go camp on Batman. Go full Adam West campy, you know. And it's not like there isn't precedent for it because there is Adam West an entire run of the comics where Batman was a weird, weird, weird ass character. Yeah. Like, does it have to? Instead of going darker with the with Batman, which they did, they went darker with Batman. So now you've got a grim, dark Superman and like an even grim, darker Batman, if that's even
0: possible. Like. There's actually even recent precedent for kind of a more fun, campy Batman and still actually have him be interesting. Um, I haven't watched a lot of it, but I've seen clips of uh, Batman, uh, the bold and the brave, and it's Diedrich Baker and he's kind of goofy, but at the same time, he's still he's still Batman. And so you can do a more fun, campy Batman and still have him be a dark, interesting character
1: right i I think that's the direction they need to go in i i'm 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 so sick of you know dc and even in the comics where we right now they have the um the you know the batman who laughs storyline and now they're introducing the robin king and it's just like we don't need to go this dark with this shit but that seems to be dc's mo like let's just be as dark as humanly possible why? I, I don't. I'm. I i do not want to see it anymore. I'm so sick
0: of it. Yeah, I. I don't know. Um, I. I. I hope you know because I would love to see Michael Keaton back in the role. I hope that it's true. I mean, they're kind of the press release I read said that they're trying to basically set him up as the Nick Fury of the DC universe and have him kind of be the thing that ties everything together and that he'd show up in like a Batgirl movie and stuff too, which in theory, my like little like inner 10 year old is like, oh my god that's the greatest thing ever, but when I actually think about it, I'm like, that just seems like they're repeating the same mistakes they were making before. Yeah, it's just executives throwing
1: shit at the wall and seeing what sticks. No, like the reason the MCU has been able to succeed with this is because they have a plan, they have a story going they have someone who deeply cares about these stories and these characters, and who has who is kind of guiding it along and and doing it for the love of telling the story. Have they had roadblocks and bumps along the way? Of course they have, but it succeeded because it managed to tell an overarching story. Um, and it just, it doesn't feel like well. anyone involved in DC has that or has the the. The desire to do that is just again, and and this is this is what I like. Going back to what I was saying, I think they should keep doing what they're doing, which is basically not worrying about that. Just just make movies. Just worry about one movie at a time. Tell the best possible story you can tell in that movie, and then worry about the next one. And then maybe if that works, worry about how you're going to tie it all together. But really, don't think about that.
0: Yeah. Which is why I'm kind of both a little bit excited, but also hesitant if this Michael Keaton thing happens. Because I like the direction of of DC just going forward and making standalone films. I think audiences are savvy enough to understand that, okay, these films aren't connected. Birds of Prey was not remotely connected to the Joaquin Phoenix Joker. People got that. So just keep making standalone movies make five different batman movies from different times time periods you know do a film noir batman do batman that there's you know there's a goth uh gothic batman Did uh, the, the animated movies have done all these different batman versions do those yeah well we've got like 80 years of batman stories and essentially zero of them have showed
1: up on the big screen like you've got so much source material to tap
0: why aren't you yeah, like you said, you know, we everyone keeps going to the Frank Miller well. That's the Batman we have basically been getting since 1989, and the Frank Miller Batman is good. It is interesting, although in recent years, Frank Miller's Batman has gotten real fucking stupid. Well, Frank uh, Miller's a moron. I mean, he's a dick. Yeah, we know this. Comic
1: book readers have known this for a long time. Why we're holding up his ultra murder bat as the the number one version of batman right now makes no sense
0: no no uh you know there was a time for frank miller but he became an old bitter conservative dickhead and like just let it be yeah
1: yeah which i mean and it also kind of points to the fact that batman in its essence is a very very conservative character Yes, uh, a, a rich white guy goes and beats up criminals. <laughs> yeah, that's especially in the era of right now. It's it's not a good look, Batman.
0: Yeah. Not a good look, man. Yeah, Batman might be a little <laughs> tone deaf right now.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I, I mean, you, there's there's like this strong conservative undercurrent throughout. You know, Batman Begins, Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises too, because that's just inherently what the character is. Um, When I say Dark Knight Returns has been done in multiple films, multiple mediums, I mean it kind of. It didn't start with Dark Knight Rises, but that was definitely one of the influences. Much better done than Batman v Superman, by the way. So, what made sense from that story and melded it to that version of Batman Um, instead of just you know, I I get the feeling Zack Snyder was like, I like this, so I'm just gonna I'll make Batman look like he does in this comics, and I'll just make him shoot people because he does that in that comic. And then I'll give him uh, this fancy metal suit because he's got it in the comic. You know, it's like there's nothing story there. There's nothing there that it's like, okay, why are you using this version of Batman? Why does it make sense for the story?
0: Yeah. And it, it's like, oh, I'll pull, I'll pull a, few choice, a few choice lines so people can go like, ooh, I heard that line from the comic.
1: Yeah. it, it just he, he, it, it, there's, he doesn't justify the choices that are made with that Batman in the actual film itself.
0: Yeah, at least when Christopher Nolan, it was he was he wasn't directly doing Dark Knight Rises, but it felt because he was also pulling from what is it? Nightfall is the the comic where Bat where Bane breaks his back, right? Yeah, and then there is No Man's
1: Land where uh, Gotham is kind of uh, you know shut off from the rest of society and kind of governing itself because of a disaster. I haven't actually read the full comic, but like Gotham gets split up into different factions. Um, So there's a lot of that story in it too. Um, Yeah. I said earlier that they haven't put any of these stories on screen. Nolan probably came the closest in using elements of previous Batman
0: stories to tell his own stories. Right. And Nolan was good at kind of doing adaptation and in the true sense of taking different elements from different stories and putting them all together and, and kind of making his own Batman gumbo. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he did that way more in a way more interesting way than, than Zack Snyder did. Um, I, I kind of just want, you know, let Snyder do his Snyder cut. Um, but just, I hope they just cut him loose. I hope they don't bring him back into the fold. Cause I really don't think, Zack Snyder was doing DC any favors in terms of storytelling. No. It,
1: it, again, it was this choice they made, again, kind of chasing the carrot. Like, we had the, all this success with The Dark Knight, which is... yeah, Those films are actually not as dark as people think they are. But they have that kind of dark veneer to them. I mean, they're very adult, I guess. <laughs> you could say.
0: Well, there's um, the realism like, element of it. Because that was Nolan's whole thing, was trying to make a Batman that was as realistic as possible. So I think that's why people are like, oh, it's so dark. It's like, it's not campy. That's what it is. But DC took
1: DC took the entirely wrong things from it. They decided that, oh, this is what sells, so let's just lean into it. Um, when, it when it really doesn't work for any character besides Batman. Like, like yeah. It doesn't work superman it's not going to work for wonder woman very clearly i mean because that film went in a totally different direction and was successful um it's not going to work for the flash green lantern aquaman it it really again only works for batman uh
0: and in terms of these standalone films i'm not a huge fan of the aquaman movie just because i think uh jason momoa's aqua bro only works in small doses um but that's another film that at least it has its own personality it works as a as as a standalone film it has this batshit aesthetic so uh they need to do more things like that like don't worry about the the greater story arc just make movies and if they work they work great yeah
1: i laughed really hard throughout aquaman for reasons that i'm sure they didn't want people laughing just just you know there how many like explosion cuts are there in that there's like four or five where people are having a conversation then all of a sudden they're interrupted by an explosion um the best is when you have uh whoever the main villain is supposed to be uh, god they they totally screwed uh black manta because he was interesting yeah. And he, would, oh, yeah. he was a super cool villain, and then he was just kind of a side villain in this way-too-long movie. But whoever the main villain was was basically just going on an exposition dump. And then, like, finally the explosion hits, and I remember just going, Thank you! Just shut this guy up! <laughs> like, the, the, he's exposition dumping on shit that has no bearing on this film. You don't yeah. remember it after he says it. All you're, just think- you're literally just thinking, like, we need another one of those explosion cuts. Oh, there it is. Thank you. Yeah. Shut him the fuck up. Um, I I do enjoy Jason Momoa as Aquaman. Fan. Um, I also enjoy the aesthetic of that film. It, it reminded me, uh, I mean, not as well done, but of kind of uh, the Black Panther, like you're stepping into this sci-fi world. Yeah. Um, so, which yeah, I, I do, love.
0: I it on that level, I do.
1: Yeah, I love that, and I love the unintentional hilarity of a lot of it, but I mean, I'm not
0: going to watch that again. No, I, I kind of feel like it is like a giant budgeted Saturday morning cartoon because it gets so ridiculous. Like you have the the octopus that's playing drums and I'm like, am I seeing this? Is that really just happening right now? Right. Yeah, I mean, the, the whole thing kind of points to this
1: is not really an Aquaman film. And I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of the character, so I can't say, but I've talked to people who are fans of the character, and it's basically, it's not an Aquaman film. And as long as you can watch it with that
0: in mind, it's fine. <laughs> um, and it, it goes, it swings for the bleachers. Like, or, you know, it, it's, it's insane. Like, so make more, you know, as, I'm not a huge fan of it, but it makes insane choices. So do more of that. Right. It's kind of on a level
1: with uh, the Venom film that came out a few years ago. Yeah. Um, Terrible fucking movie. My God, is that bad? But Tom Hardy is just so much fun to watch. He single-handedly saves that movie, and actually, I've thought about buying it just because of that performance. Every time, like, for a while, they were showing ads that would pop up, and it would be the, the very last scene of Venom. And I would always watch the ad because it's just so funny, where he's like, like a turd in the wind, and it's just so funny. I could the
0: the scenes where it's just Tom Hardy talking to himself, literally talking to himself, because he's also the voice of Venom. Like, I could just watch those for for hours because they're so fucking entertaining. Right, he's
1: he's great. It's like this weird, awkward love story between Tom Hardy and Tom Hardy.
0: It's amazing, uh, and. I'm actually really excited for the sequel because it's Andy Serkis directing it, and it's going right. to be Tom Hardy versus Woody Harrelson. got—I'm got, sold. I buy tickets already pre-bought on that one. Right? Yeah. I I, as long, I I hope they just lean into the weirdness of
1: you know uh, Tom Hardy and now Woody Harrelson talking to themselves. Like just just lean into that shit. And I um. Well. Yeah, I hope so. The, probably the worst thing about Venom is, honestly, the Woody Harrelson scene tacked on to the end. It's just so dumb. It's so dumb. It's such a stupid, like, look at us. We can do the after credits scene, too. And it's like, no, you really can't. You no, really
0: can But at the same time, I'm like, okay, well, I'm kind of pre-sold in that movie now, so take my money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh. Yeah. yeah,
1: so so that, that, that movie and Aquaman kind of exist in that. I don't know if it's so bad, it's good kind of realm, but has enough elements that I can just write it off as goofy camp fun
0: time. Right, which circles back to what we were saying. Uh, there are bad superhero movies that are probably technically worse than Justice League, but you can watch them and find a certain degree of fun with them. And it's really hard to do that with Justice League. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's so middle of the road, mediocre
1: that it just, it makes it the worst. Flat out. Um, wow. I, I gotta, I gotta go back because I was just thinking of this now. And uh, in my, my top, I guess it's my top four now because I got to put Spider-Man 2 somewhere in there. Um, and I have rewatched that a few times recently and it's just so good. It's such a great mix of, you know, genuine drama, genuine caring about these characters, um, humor, camp. It's just everything you could possibly want a superhero movie to be is Spider-Man 2.
0: Yeah, it's been a long time since I've watched Spider-Man 2. But, like, you're right, because it also, it, you know, you have Alfred Melina in that film. And he brings, like, such this, like, almost Shakespearean depth to the the Doc Ock character, yeah, the, and there's just weird,
1: weird little cut moments. Like uh, there, there's the the street musician, the the Chinese street musician who's singing Spider Man's theme throughout the movie, and she keeps uh-huh. popping up. You know, like when he retires, she's like, "Where is Spider Man?" It's just great. It's perfect, and it's like. This is so campy, but it's so perfect. When I first saw Spider-Man Homecoming, I thought that was actually my favorite Spider-Man movie, but then I got the original Raimi movies on DVD finally, and as I was re-watching Spider-Man 2, I'm like, no, this is still the best. This, I, I don't think they're going to beat this as far as great Spider-Man stories and great Spider-Man movies.
0: Uh, I, I, you know, into the Spider-Verse is, is phenomenal as well, but yes, that, that's also trying to do something... A hundred percent original, though. Yeah, yeah. That that's that's
1: up there too. Um, yeah, I did. We with, with the exception of the the Amazing Spider-Man movies, which I still don't like. Um, Spider-Man can do no wrong and
0: has done no wrong in in film, and I'm
1: including Spider-Man Three because that was enjoyable too.
0: Yeah, uh, but that we got a we got we uh, We're getting into Marvel territory here. That's a whole other episode. Yeah, uh, but. Um, We should wind this up, but one other news item that did show up, and then we should wrap this up, is uh, there has been Ray Fisher uh, has been kind of trash-talking Josh Whedon coming in to finish Justice League and saying that he was abusive and disrespectful and unprofessional. And Kevin Smith has kind of corroborated that story a little bit because he knows somebody who worked on the film and said that Josh Whedon was trash-talking um, what Zack Snyder was doing and was, was kind of laughing about it and making kind of making the crew that had been working on this film for months feel really uncomfortable.
1: Yeah, I think Joss Whedon needs the long, long break. Long break. I think he's needed one since Age of Ultron finished, and I, I still don't think he's he's had it or he's or he's ready to come back. I mean, he hasn't done much other than justice league i think since age of ultron but like he's he's he just seems really tired like his film the, the justice league is a really tired movie and it just he seemed really tired after age of ultron and uh this is not even getting into all the problematic aspects like the the letter his ex-wife wrote in you know, like about three years ago and all the stuff ray fisher is saying i i don't doubt it um it, it doesn't he doesn't Sound like the greatest of people, and it doesn't sound like he's in the greatest of places right now. So um, overall, that's all of that stuff is be- between Whedon and everyone involved with uh, with Justice League. I think,
0: um, yep. yeah. But uh, if it's true, it doesn't surprise me. No, and uh, it does seem like he, you're right. He, I, I think. He needs to get away from the studio system. Uh, He very clearly got burnt out um, doing the two Avengers film and having to deal with being micromanaged. I don't know what he expected to happen coming in to kind of save Justice League because that was another walking into being micromanaged. So I think he just needs to get back to doing what he was doing before he hooked into working with Marvel and just make weird small budgeted stuff like dr horrible like that's that's where his love was that's where his passion was just he needs to get back to just doing weird little shit yeah
1: i think i think a documentary about how justice league was made would be far more interesting than any snyder cut could possibly be i just want to see what kind of shit show this film was because it was a shit show just just what was on screen was a shit show so just and ev- everything we've heard about what was going on behind the scenes and everything—that that's the story.
0: Yeah, I mean, it would be like the uh, the uh, what is it into the the ma- into into darkness or whatever. Um, the documentary that was made about <clears throat> about the uh, making of Apocalypse Now, which just gets into how much of a clusterfuck that was, um, and that wound up being a great film. But obviously, that's not the case with Justice League, but. I imagine it would be a very similar movie in terms of just how off the rails it got.
1: Yeah, yeah, it would be fascinating to see everything behind the scenes of that. One more thing I want to add, and I think this is a great final thought on all of this. Uh, I forget where I saw this. I think it was a comment on uh, an article on uh, the AV Club, which is the Onion's art and entertainment website. But um, someone commented, like, I hope that the Snyder Cut is just Batman with a new utility belt. It's the exact same cut that was in the theaters. It's just Batman has a blue utility belt now.
0: Yeah, I saw that too. Which, yeah, that, that would be and, hilarious.
1: Uh, yeah, I really I really hope. I think that's the best case scenario. Yeah. I hope
0: that's what the center is. Uh, yeah, and uh, you can have just like 30 minutes of it just lingering on the utility belt. Just uh, just close-ups, him pulling different things out of it just for 30 minutes. That's
1: how, that's how we get, that's how we get to the four-hour It's like, it's Batman and his utility belt shoving cheeseburgers in his face, because th- there's a point in that film where it just, he does not look in shape anymore. It's like, he went
0: from, like, super swole Batman and Batman v Superman to, like, I don't give a fuck anymore. Uh, even, you know, cut, you know, sad Ben Affleck from that press junket, and uh, just because that's 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 the, that's the root of why Ben Affleck let himself go. So that would that explains everything, <laughs> right? Get it like
1: get like just have like you know two hours tacked on where it's just like sad Charlie Brown music with like Batman moping around. That's, that's cool. the Snyder cut that I want to see.
0: No, no one likes me anymore. I'm sad. All, right.
1: <laughs> uh,
0: all right, so uh, there's our hot two cents on. uh, our hot take on justice league. uh right? not so hot but <laughs> there there it is. fuck that movie. There's
1: at least five other justice league films released by DC's animation department that are far better films. Yep. Go those.
0: Yep. All right. So, um we'll be back with more stuff. We're still broke. We're still nerds and we still love Batman no matter how how much Zack Snyder does him dirty.